What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Sunday League Streamers Podcast. I'm your host of today's show, Steve McCutcheon, along with my one co-host, Vino Anazelli. Say hello, Foot. What's going on? The better co-host, no Michael again. The much better co-host, obviously. Yes. Most dedication award. <laughs> Please take a moment real quick, though. Hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast, if you haven't already. And also follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod. Real quick, we got some news and notes from around the world to get the show kicked off. Uh, we left off with the United States men's national team uh-huh. right before their third game. They ended up picking up the win, their second of the window against Costa Rica at home, a 2-1 victory. What were your uh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always good when you collect all three points, especially in a, in a must-need game. Um, mostly happy with the response that this team showed. It was definitely a different performance than the previous week. I mean, it couldn't have gotten worse, in my opinion. but. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to harp on negatives because, like I said, it's good that we got all three points. But it was another case where that game should have been four, one, five, one. I mean, absolute domination, and squeaked by with a two-one win at the end of the day. So, definitely making strides, and I'm glad they they had the personality and determination to bounce back from a, a catastrophic uh, game two of that round. But um, still, a little bit of work to be done with this team. Agreed, agreed. I thought it was a pretty good lineup by Greg for the most part. Um, yeah. I feel like deep down inside, he honestly does know who should be starting. And there's always speculation, especially on like the Twitterverse, about is there an MLS quota? Do we need to be starting these guys? Mm-hmm. Is the soccer, is the U.S. Soccer Federation, you know, really imposing their will upon the coach and who should be in the lineup and who's in the roster and all that kind of stuff? Um, if you can't tell from the Panama game to the Costa Rica game, who should be playing or not, you shouldn't be coaching the team from here on out. Yep. And I don't think that's in any sort of a question at this point in time. So you still think he's facing the sacker? <sighs> I, cause I think he is. I, I he, think it's, it's not like he's making mistakes that are of uh, unavoidable. Like he, he's not learning from his mistakes. It feels like, and he's getting, pulled out by just the sheer determination of these players in a let's be honest a lesser world cup qualifying group compared to the rest of the world based off what i just said about the whole soccer u.s soccer federation i would say he's not on the sack he loses to mexico and we don't get a result against jamaica meaning a win like i, w- I would say not even a draw is enough he he, he would deserve it mm-hmm. but at the same time do you sack a guy after the third window and there's only six games to go yeah, you know, at that point, like what 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 goes on? Um, the more it goes on, I I feel like he's not going to get sacked unless he literally just loses the next three straight or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's no other option, even for the federation. But um, for right now, he's got his job. But again, it's clear night and day who should be in this lineup and who should not be. Agreed. And yeah, it's very very obvious on the eye right now at this point. Yeah, so. it's it's not a it's not a good sign when. The rest of the country can see what the, the what the issue is, and the guy actually managing the team cannot, and that's that's honestly what's scariest about Greg's problems in managing this team right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very excited again to see the roster release of the next window against Mexico. Yeah. It's obviously our strongest opponent, the people ahead, the team ahead of us, and just going forward from there. Yep. Um, other news and notes from around the world regarding the men's national team: uh, we are currently banned from their Twitter account. Um, yours truly might have been slightly happy about Ariola, Ariola going down at warmups and way getting the start that he finally deserves. So I will not say it was a, a bad tweet or a rude tweet. It was 
karma for Greg Berhalter not playing way in the first place. Yeah, just, just to be clear, we, we are in, in no way, shape, or form applauding an injury. We don't want to see anyone get hurt ever. But Timothy Weah was the missing piece for that that puzzle at last. I mean, and obviously it shows he causes the own goal that gets the win on a, a great, great strike. I mean, six inches to the left, and it's a goal, not our own goal. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. So, and I think they're actually going to go to uh, FIFA or the CONCACAF, whoever, whoever qualifies it as a goal or not, and they're going to go try to appeal it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, while they're there, tell them to figure out the VAR situation and, and qualifiers. So that's that's the we might have gotten away with one this time around instead. Mm, so possibly. You know, it was a questionable, questionable, questionable tackle. We'll we'll, we'll let it slide. But uh, Chris Richards was definitely it was 50 50 could have been given. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, over in Europe, though. We've got the Champions League coming up for the uh, club teams. How are we yes. feeling about um, the Premier League squads coming out there for this round? Um. It's going to be tricky. I mean, I mean, it's no surprise that the the match of this round so far in terms of the Premier League clubs and who they're playing is uh, Atletico and Liverpool. I mean, it's going to, that's going to be a great game. A, a, a stingy uh, Diego Simeone side versus a free flying Liverpool. One of the only one of the only four remaining teams actually who are undefeated in the top five leagues. It's two in Syria in AC Milan and Napoli. and actually Freiburg in Germany of all of all things, and then Liverpool at this point. So it's it's a uh, it's at the Wanda Metropolitano, I believe, this time around. Yeah, it's man, gonna be uh, a tough I thought it was at home. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be tough. I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool were knocked out by Atletico two years ago, I think it was the year after they won the Champions League in like the round of 16 or, or something shortly after that quarterfinals, whatever it was. But um, it's gonna it's gonna be a big test. I mean, this Liverpool defense hasn't while well, they've come up against Chelsea, it was a 10-man Chelsea. They came up against a good city team, score one goal. But I mean, you're talking about Antoine Griezmann and Luis Suarez leading that front line. Like it doesn't like that's that's absolutely world class. So it's going to be another good test of that back line who are now healthy again. So uh, really excited to see that. Gotcha. What are your thoughts on the uh, Bruges uh, Man City game? Out of curiosity, I obviously from the naked eye, it's a Man City three nothing bludgeoning, probably right. Yeah. But, yeah. Bruges is actually in second place in the group currently. Man City in third. They're up there by a point. Um, they, they had a nice uh, draw against PSG, which they actually looked really good in. And then they beat uh, uh, Red Bulls, who are down in the last place right now with uh, zero points. So walk in the park for City? or think- I think it's a walk in the park for City. Okay. I, I say that not with any, you know, with no disrespect to Bruges, but I – I know how good PSG is. It's, it's no secret who they have on their team in, ter- in every position three times over. It's absolutely no secret. But when you look at this PSG team, when they, they played in the opening match, that's a misfiring PSG team, especially like more so earlier on in the season. Even though they might have beaten City, and City's now below Bruges because of that loss, City were the, by far the more dominant force. I mean, City just beat Chelsea. They played against a, a great game against Liverpool, who I thought they, they probably should have gotten all of the points if it wasn't for a, a most yeah. masterclass. So I don't want to take anything away from Bruges, but I mean, you're, you're talking about, they played a team who hasn't accrued a point yet. And they also played a, a team that as good as they are, are not firing on all cylinders. I mean, they just lost two over to Rennes, I think this week. No, that PSG team. Uh, dude, I rarely keep up with league one, unless there's yeah. a fight and some, someone getting knocked out in the stands and then we cover it. Nah, yeah. I'm not usually over there. I, I think Man City is a team to be in the tournament. And I think all their, their performances both in the league and in that has, has proven it. I mean, we'll get to it later, but last week domestically, they played a pretty stingy Burnley team and they, they found a way to get the job done. And this is all without a striker. Keep in mind, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't want to say it's an easy game. It's Champions League. Anything can happen. It's never an easy match. But I think City's a different animal than any team that Bruce has played in the last couple of years, probably at this point. I got you. Yeah, I mean, predicting Champions League games never easy. I look at Sheriff right now. So yeah, yeah. My jersey's on the way. Can't wait. <laughs> We've eaten our words quite a few times yeah. on this podcast already. Uh, I don't think it's a walk in the park for City. I think, like you said, Champions League is just a different environment, different mentality. Mm-hmm. Bruges is at home, probably like a 2 1 City win. Uh, yeah. I think they put up a pretty solid fight. Again, could be wrong. You could be right. It's a, could be an absolutely just massive beauty of Champions behind. League. It is, dude. Any, any given uh, any given midweek day. Right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, midweek day. Then we got yep. uh, Chelsea at home to Malmo. I, I would imagine Chelsea's class comes through with this one, but they haven't looked. They haven't looked good. Stride, realistically. They have not looked good the last couple of weeks. I mean, you can go back to before the international break, forget about the Brentford game, which in all truthful, in all seriousness, they should not have gotten all three points from. Yeah, we'll definitely um, get to that, but they they scraped by Zenit at home as well. It was just the same thing. I mean, it's I don't want to say Lukaku's misfiring because he's not getting the service from his midfielders. I think he should be getting, in my opinion. But I don't think this is a game Chelsea can take lightly. I mean, you know, like we just said, you don't get to the Champions League by being a mediocre team. You just don't. Otherwise, Tottenham would be there. Like, this is not how that works. Mind doing Mike dirty like that. You're not even here to defend Mike, Mike Dish just, I got to throw one <laughs> dig at him right now. That's it. I actually, I enjoyed, I like Tottenham a lot. Some of my favorite players are on that team. But um, I think Chelsea is reminding me of PSG. Like I just said, they have all this quality, but the pieces aren't falling together for these 3-0 wins and matches where they should be. And I think this is going to be another tight 1-0 affair. I do agree with you, though. I think they pull through. I think all three points end up staying at the bridge. But it's it's gonna, it's not going to be as easy as I think most third parties are thinking. It's one of those games to me where it feels like the quality of Chelsea will shine through for the victory, but not necessarily the quality of play. Yes. In a sense, it's going to be a tough, like, like you said, one nothing wins. Moment of magic like, here. The, you know, yeah, chill well volley like last week in the league, you yeah. know, something like that. 100%, 100%. Then the uh, last Premier League team we got going, real tough one here, in my opinion. Menu at home, but versus Atalanta, who were actually first in the group of four points. Menu with three. Yeah. The young boys' defeat's not helping them right now. No, that's, that, that's killing them. Um, United don't look good. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. I, they're, they do not look good. I know they just came up against Leicester midweek, but they, they shipped in four goals against a Leicester side that was struggling. Clearly, they're struggling in Champions League too, although that might as well be needing the Cristiano Ronaldo competition, so it could change at any given point. You're never going to bet against a team with Ronaldo in it in the Champions League. Big facts. But Atalanta are a, a really good team, a very, very good team. They're well-drilled. They've been playing together for a long time. They have a very a very attractive style of football. And I think Atalanta is going to end up taking all three points in this game. I think if anything, United is going to have to fight from behind to crawl to scratch a point out. But overall, I, I think this is a game that, that's very losable for them, or I should say a very winnable game for Atalanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those that don't know, Atalanta – Great story behind them a little bit, just kind of like coming up through the ranks. Obviously, you know, a little bit of, fi- of financial uh, help there. But um, the way they play, their style is absolutely incredible. It's just the most – it's it's Very basically – it's a, it's a higher – a more efficient leads kind of in a way, a better mm-hmm. better quality, I would yeah. say. It's just a very free-flowing team. They're offensively just driven, and they'll get in shootouts with you and win 4-3. It, it reminds me of – I don't want to say lesser, but a, a less effective version of Liverpool's free-flowing attack 
Okay, we'll put him right in the middle there. Yeah, Better yeah. Not as good <laughs> but, I mean, when you have players like like Ilicic or Demiral or Zapata and Gosens, I mean, uh, Zapacota, I think, just got transferred there on the wing back. Pasolic, I mean, that's a, it's a good team with players mm-hmm. who know what they're doing in a system that they're very accustomed to. And if Manchester United's cohesion, I, should, I guess I should say, is any indication of where their performances are, which they ha- it has been, it's it's going to be a real issue for them. They, they seem completely off the pace and not in sync whatsoever. And they're coming up against a team that is entirely in sync all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's great. So they're always fun to watch. It'll be a tough one. Um, Maybe a draw, but not. It could be a lot of talent to win. I, I really just don't see Man U. The way they're playing currently right now, uh, you know, getting all three points, even at Old Trafford. Yeah. And I mean, Veron's still out, no? He's out for Analogy a little while. Is, yeah. that's, that's a big blow because... If you heard Atalanta, it's you. You keep like you do the opposite of what they do. You keep them in and keep a high press against them and force their defenders because they like to attack. That's why they like to have the ball, and that's dangerous when you're missing a couple of key players in the back for United right now. Mm, I agree. I agree. Uh, moving on to our stars and stripes sections, where we cover uh, all the United States men's national team standout performances from across the globe. Uh, first up, Vito, we got Sergio Dest. Sergio Dest, the hero of the last U.S. match. Yeah, I uh, put. put uh, played a pretty good game, uh, 87 minutes or so, uh, 94% passing. Was he playing on the wing instead of a right-back position? He was playing. They had, right? they had Sergio Roberto, I, actually a right-back, and then Desk was playing right-winger. Yeah, that is that is interesting. I, I mean, it works out for me. He nabbed an assist. He completed almost all of his dribbles. I think like four, four out of five it was. Um, he has that in his locker, though. I mean, you, he's he's more of a fullback than he um, – a wing back than he is a fullback really he loves to get up the field he likes he likes to take players on and that's part of the reason i enjoy watching him so much but uh, a really good performance for him in, in a, a big win for barcelona i agree they um what do you what would you put someone like joe scally back at right back and then move desk up to right wing no no i i think i think when you're looking at these this national team where we're lacking is in defense. Uh, we have, I think we have enough wingers and enough talent on that front line. And even in the midfield, I think I'm not saying our back line is bad by any means. I don't want to get that misconstrued, but it's definitely where the improvement needs to be at times. I, I think, I mean, you have Timothy Weah, Kristen Pulisic, Conrad De La Fuente, um, Aaron Sane. Like, I think there's enough up there that Dest is best deployed at, in that defensive positioning. I got you. No, I, I agree. I just wanted to bring it up for a little little food for thought on that one. Cause yeah, no, definitely. I he, mean, he plays great going forward. You think the same thing? Right wing back's his role. Like, no yeah. doubt no doubt about it. Or just yeah. games in general where he plays right back, but he can basically play as the wing back and just get forward as much as possible and dominate. Yep. Another right back for United States men's national team, DeAndre Yedlin, put in a pretty good shift. 90 minutes, clean sheet, one nothing win, 87% pass accuracy. Um, one half his duels, five out of 10, but he had six interceptions and six recoveries. Um, good to see. I think he is the direct backup for, for desk right now at, uh, at that position over Shaq Moore and some other names too. I think he's in a much better situation, but I'm not the coach as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> then we yeah, had good uh, to see Yellen back on the field. It's funny how he's our, uh, he's our veteran whenever he takes yeah. for the national team. Now, <laughs> do you remember when we were back in college though? And he was like coming out to the scene out of, yeah, dude, he was electric, how he was electric. like next best thing. Yeah. He was so, so fun to was watch. Was he playing Actually, for Newcastle at that time? No, no, no. He's playing for the Sounders. He went to Newcastle, Tottenham. Now he's over at Galatasaray. Yeah. It might have been another stint somewhere else. 
I wish he would have went to like an Ajax like Destin or, mm-hmm. or like a Dortmund or something. I think yeah. his development would have changed greatly. Not saying he's bad, but we all thought he was going to be the right back for 10, 10 to 12 years. Yeah, we thought he was the next Christian Pulisic basically in that fullback position though. hundred percent. So Although he wasn't around at the time, but I think you know what I meant. <laughs> no, no, I, I got you. I got you. Next up, uh, we got another uh, outside back here, George Bello. Yeah, George Bello. Um, great week for him in the MLS. 90 minutes played. He had created three big chances, including an assist, four of his six duels, three clearances, five recoveries. Um, it's what you hope he was going to do for the national team. It's just it, every time you see George Bello on that team, like I understand why he's there. He's, he's playing lights out in the league right now domestically. But he hasn't been able to replicate that in in the national team yet. So, but it's good to see him continuing his run of form um, in the MLS, and hopefully he can turn that into some serious minutes and productivity for the national team soon. Yeah, I think he's perfect for MLS right now. Let him develop another year mm-hmm. or two. Uh, I just don't think he's at the national team level currently. Yeah, agreed. Um, but obviously, when you're putting in performances like this, we could we could be deploying him wrong. Wrong. I think if I'm not mistaken. I don't watch it, you know too much MLS, so. I think Atlanta kind of plays him in a little bit more of a wing back role, like kind of like a death de- mm-hmm. situation where they push him farther up the field. And I think he's a little bit more defensive when we have him uh, for the national team. So could be using him wrong. Could just be, he's not up to that level just yet. Yeah, but in the play style. Yeah. It could be a combo of things, yeah. but I think he's definitely one to watch. I think Sky deserves the next call up ahead of him based off uh, his, his recent performance for the, for the uh, national team. Yeah, and I agree. Then Scally killing it at the club level. So uh, next up, another MLS killer. Uh, Josh Zardes is back. Not uh, the best national team performances as well, but uh, brace at the MLS level again. So, as in a four nothing win. What are your What are your takes on him? I can never like every time he goes back to club, murders it, comes back to national team, and doesn't do as well lately. I want him to succeed so bad. It's 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 not even because like he's like you know, I don't think he's the best player in the world, obviously, but he's what this team could be missing if he's on his form. He's he's more of a target man. Um, that we, that we need, you know, we have that pace, we have that trigger, we have the flexibility through the middle, but if you have a, a tough, tough center forward who can bring the ball down and do what needs to be done and link up play, that's exactly what he's supposed to be there for. And, um, oh my God, what's his name? The, the young kid, um, just Pepe. scored again, Pepe. our striker. Pepe. Oh, Pepe. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like that Pepe was doing that extremely well. He was bringing, he was, he was stretching the field a little bit. He was bringing in the wing, the wingers and he was like try, helping to release the pressure. And that's exactly what from Zardis. Um, but Zardis, I mean, he's showing it in the league that he's more clinical finisher, but he's not translating that to the national team. So it's unfortunate to see, I would like to see him replicate that. I mean, obviously we all would. Um, but I think that's something that the national team is missing that he can provide if he's on his day. And we got guys, you got Pepe, like we just mentioned, PFOC uh, over at Young Boys, mm-hmm. Sergeant over at Norwich, granted not in the best form. We'll get to that later yeah. on too. Um, but you have all these younger, potentially better options. Is Zardis done at the national level pretty much? He's always 30 years old at this point, right? Yeah. Tough to see. And then uh, we got a few honorable mentions as well if you want to go through them real quick. Yeah, Zach Steffen, uh, 2-0 clean sheet with City. Anthony Robinson off the bench in the 32nd minute and scored. Um, anyone else? Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers with a 2 0 clean sheet and uh, 110 duels for them, too. And then uh, Robinson, he he uh, came out for 32 minutes, not in the third second. So oh, sorry, for third, yeah, sorry, hour shift. sorry, good reading on that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Heading sorry, over yeah. to the Barclays Premier League, though, we got our weekly recap. Like always, um, first game up in the morning was a Watford Liverpool game, it wasn't really a game, uh, absolute poop fest in <laughs> yeah. Liverpool, five nothing victory. 
Sadio Mane, congrats to him. 100th Premier League goal. I feel like every time he scores, he's breaking some different type of milestone right now for them. It's supposed to be at all those levels. But um, I think we all kind of expected that going into the game that uh, last week, it's just a completely different quality of level of play. And it seems like when Wofford goes up against those top tier teams, you, you they kind of put in like a shift like that for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we had a, uh, what's up? Well, you know what's even more impressive about that 100 Premier League goals? He did that without scoring a penalty. Really? Yeah, that's Mane, that's that's the stat floating around right now. He says Sadio Mane has become the the third player to reach 100 Premier League goals without any of them being penalties. That's insane. Interesting. So he can't be called like Penaldo or Penesi. No, that's that's clearly that. that's clearly Salah. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. Yep. Then we had a uh, a crazy one over in uh, Ashton Villa. Crazy is an understatement. You know, it was when it was 2-0 for Aston Villa. Like the 80th minute, I was like, I nailed this one. I picked I picked villains to take this one out. 14 minutes later, it's three, two wolves with the wind. I mean, that was <laughs> unbelievable. Talk about a comeback. Um, for anyone who didn't watch that game, it, it was it was all villa for the most part until the end of that game, and wolves just turned it on. I mean, and they 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 capped it with a free kick. I know it was a deflection that that went past um Emilio Martinez, but I mean, it was, it was just unbelievable. It, it's kind of characteristic of Aston Villa's season though. They've been, they've been so hot and cold at times. Like, I mean, they've agreed. They've got big wins in, in certain games where you didn't expect them to. I mean, they beat Manchester United um, and then they lose to Tottenham and Wolves in, in winnable games. I mean, this is, it's definitely the, been the, the Achilles heel for this Aston Villa team is not seeing out the games where they should be seen out. Um, but like defensive problem or something with tactics with the coach in general? Because like it's weird. Like like you said, they they beat Everton three 0 then followed by a Man U one 0 win. So obviously strong defensively there, got their goal to win. Then they lose to Tottenham two one. Could have at least gotten a point out of that game, I thought. Right, at least two two. And then Wolves just absolute collapse. Yeah, I you know I I don't really know. I, it's I would love to say that maybe it's a a tactical issue or what have you, but. Villa made two of their three of their substitutions before all three of the substitutions before Wolves had even recorded a goal. So once these goals started flowing in and you can see that Wolves were on the front foot, it was out of the manager's hands. There's nothing he can do at that point. So I think you have to lay it on the doorstep of the players, not getting themselves into shape. I mean, you the onslaught that Wolves gave them was very reminiscent of what Brentford did to Chelsea in the last 20 minutes. And the difference there, maybe if some people are going to say quality. But I think it's, it was maybe comes down to a little bit of leadership. They just they were just all over the place. I mean, three goals in ten minutes like that's that. I'm sorry, I, that's not a manager's fault at that point. It's not like he's playing with no goalkeeper. You know what I mean? Or one center back. It's at a certain point you have to look at your players and say where was the leader? Who was getting them more? Why weren't you getting them organized? I mean, the manager put him in a two zero winning position. The players lost that position in the last ten minutes. I got you. Well. Besides uh, crapping on Ashton Villa, congrats to Wolves, though, too. Yes. Rough start to the league. Uh, you know, three straight one nothing losses. Now we're finally starting to see the quality because they were producing expected goals consistently, just like uh, Brighton was. And yep. uh, now, they're, now they're finishing them off, so props to them. Yeah, really good win. And then moving on to uh, just as crazy game, honestly. Uh, Leicester hosting Manchester United. Won, they won 4-2, breaking uh, Man U's unbeaten streak. It's finally come to an end. Uh, massive win for Leicester to kind of just, you know, jump, possibly jumpstart their poor start to the campaign. Uh, while Man, you actually fall out of the top four for I think the first time all year long. Um, 
Did you were you did you happen to see Paul Pogba's uh, quotes at the end of the game? I did. They were they were very interesting. Um, for anyone who doesn't or hasn't heard of them yet, I mean Bruno Fernandez. Some Bruno Fernandez said something else too, but Pogba pretty much was like, we obviously have this problem that has been going on for a while, and for some reason we can't find it or fix it. Basically, calling out Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, saying you don't know. Are you read the same way then? Just making sure I wasn't the only one. Yeah, no, he definitely came after him. And, and I mean, it is Ole. It, it comes down to Ole. Look at that team. Look at the names of the players in that team. And they just got smoked, absolutely smoked. They're losing games left and right right now against – and games they shouldn't be losing. I mean, look at the young boys thing. I mean, I know it's not Ole's fault in particular, but any top manager in the world, their players don't do this shit. They don't. Could you imagine Sir Alex, this happening, Sir Alex, or Jurgen Klopp's players, or Pep Guardiola's players, or Thomas Tuchel's? Like it does, it doesn't happen. It's clearly starting at the top is the issue. No, I agree. It's just it, it's different mentality that, that he's producing off. It's um, is it starting to remind you a little bit of Frank Lampard by any chance with Chelsea? Worse, better? I think better than Lampard actually. I think better than Lampard, but I don't think by much. Um, you have always did a good, good job overall over the last couple of years with less, you know, I, I guess less talent in the team. But now when you're reminding me of the Lampard firing year, though, yes. they brought in Ronaldo, Varane, granted injured right now, mm-hmm. but they brought in the names. Yeah. Now it's producer leave. And better names. You're talking about Ronaldo and Varane bringing in. Like that is. Sorry, you got you have to perform. Your his times his time for building this team is over. He's been at the helm for what four years now, mm. give or take. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, that it sounds about right. It's I mean it's time for results. This is a team that should be challenging for the league and should be doing better internationally. Um, do you think do you think he's on the verge of the sack? Because reports seem to be conflicting. Some are saying he's gone, and others are saying he's built up enough credit with the board that he's going to be there. Exactly. Yeah, from the ones I personally read, I saw that his job was perfectly safe as of now. Yeah. That could also be changed. Or that could obviously change very quickly. Yeah, I, I, his – um that – we were talking about it, what, last week? I was saying that the run of games that United has in front of them, and they, it was, like, unbelievably difficult. Yeah, they have uh, the travel and everything between. Yeah. Leicester, Atalanta, Liverpool, Tottenham, Atalanta, City. Like, that's the next six games they have. They, I mean, if he doesn't get those results, you're talking that about that being towards the end of November before they play another Premier League game, and he's going to be out by then if he doesn't start picking up some of these Ws. Definitely possible. Yeah, I agree. Moving over to the uh, other side of Manchester, though, Man yeah. City with a two nothing win over Burnley. How do you feel about that one? I, I, I think credit is due to Burnley. I know they lost, but they made it a tough game on City, like a really tough game. I, they went ahead early with a, a strike from. Um, Bernardo Silva. Yeah, it's pretty much like a They tap, kept it 1-0 for most of the game, right? Majority, I mean, yeah, yeah, they didn't score uh, late on. They actually had some chances to tie it up 1-1 at, at certain points throughout the game. Um, yeah, it was shaky at times. I, I mean, thought the result was fair. Yes. In terms of Man City getting the win in three points. Yeah. But considering, I think it was the three straight times Burnley's went to City, they lost 5-0 in a row. Yeah, right I, saw, I saw I saw that, actually. I saw that last year when it happened again. Yeah, <laughs> which is so, insane, by the way. I... If I'm a Burnley supporter, I'm 
obviously I want to get some points from him. I want to get at least one, maybe if I'm going away to city, just, just, I think that's the max they could possibly get, but I'm really not as mad about the performance. I wish they like, if they turn in those kind of performances against the lesser teams in the table, they'd be picking up more points right now. Yeah. I, I think this was a case though, also of Burnley doing what they know. They knew they were going to have to sit back and defend. And if Mike was here, he'd be singing the praises of that, that Sean Dice defense. Um, because he knows how to set up his team to defend and they do it well. The problem is going forward, they were never going to create anything because of that tactic. So I think when they're playing a team other than, you know, cities and Liverpool's, et cetera, it, they lose a little bit of defensive rigidity. Um, and that could cause them problems. But yeah, I mean, they were, they were pretty staunch. I mean, no surprise city had 70% of the ball over 70%. The city mm-hmm. almost had uh, 800 passes. I mean, Jeez. that's, that's crazy. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, moving on, we got Norwich nil, Brighton nil. I think uh, you guys call me absolutely crazy yeah. for, that one at, for making that one a draw, but yeah, I was not. I was not. They actually, all right, so this is a weird game kind of. Um, Brighton have cooled, definitely cooled off over the last couple of games just uh, after their hot start, although they are up on the table, up to fourth. Um, Neil Mappe had a penalty denied. Tim Cruel and him made some contact right before the first half was over. Didn't get called. Um, the biggest two talking points, especially one massive one, I think has to be the chances by Josh, Josh Sargent that were missed. One of them was extremely bad, wide open goal, just didn't strike the ball hard enough. And then it got clear off the goal line. And I'm not saying not hard enough. This, this one was like a dribbler, just like a rolling thing where he barely, barely hit it enough. Um, it makes you think that if he was in form or just in more confidence right now, he absolutely buries that and Norwich get the one, no win. Yeah, I, I don't even think in form. I mean, I don't think you have to be in form. I just don't. I think you just don't have to be out of form. He's he's definitely in his own head. I'm I'm curious if that non call up for the national team took its toll as well. But I mean, no excuse not to bury those chances he had. No. You think you think he's officially lost his place in that team after that game? Uh, you mean for Norwich? Yeah. Uh, his work rate's so good. That sounds like an Ariola statement, though. Um... <laughs> That's I tough. don't think he's going to get another start unless he can make it come off the bench and make an impact. He might go back to the bench now and then be doing cup matches until he, he performs a little better again. I would hate for him to do that, though, because I think that might hurt his confidence more. Yeah, but I'm, from a, from a Norwich perspective, I'm not sure they have too many options right now. That's the, that's the other thing, too. If they have another striker they feel comfortable putting up there with Pookie um, or if they're playing him off the wing, too. So Yeah. If I'm the head coach... It's diff- It's a difficult decision. Yeah, because I have course. a nice young striker who shows all the promise in the world, but it, I'm at the tippy top level in the Premier. I mean, the Premier League at the bottom of the table. Yeah, tough decisions got to be made. And if you're not producing, yeah, dude, you got to go. Yeah, you yeah, yeah go, you just positioning and effort only go so far. Yep. As a striker, you, you need some results and it sucks. Yeah. Cause like, you, look, I mean, look at, I know we're Chelsea fans, but look at Timo Werner, all the assists, all the movement in the world gets judged consistently because he can't find the back of the net. Although he does so many other things for the team. That's, that's possible. Better, so. better. I agree. I completely agree with you, but he's not setting up assists right now um, in terms of Josh Sargent, I'm saying. Um, so, I mean, if he's not doing that, it's, it's not like they're scoring goals. It's not like his movement's not getting him anything. I know it's because Norwich aren't very good right now, but I mean, he's there to score goals the only reason he's been brought in only yep. reason no, absolutely so they're moving on to uh southampton with the one nothing win over leeds yeah this was a little of a 
bit of an interesting match. Uh, I, I, ex- I fully expected Leeds to come out with a little bit more, but mm-hmm. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think this was Leeds' worst game of the season. I don't necessarily agree with you. Unless you're going to talk about the Man U 5-0 thrashing. That was the first one that came to my head, but I felt like they at least – it was similar in the sense that they were pressing hard and pushed, putting in a ton of energy for this game. Um, but against a much lesser opponent in Southampton, who, granted, have been putting in actually some pretty decent shifts. Leeds did not produce a single shot on target the entire match, and they only produced three shots in total. Compare that to 19 shots from Southampton, five of which were on target, one of them finding the back of the net. Uh, they Leeds had possession and, and more passes and more touches. I mean, they just – I felt like it was like almost watching sorry ball. Oof, that's rough. Yeah, it was just – it was not a good performance from them. But um, – You think Bamford out. being out, though, is uh, part of the reason? Say that again? You think Bamford being out is part of that reason, though? He hasn't Could played in the like last week four. I, I would say yes if this was against – a quote-unquote top six team, but this is against a team that they they could have beaten without him, I think. Obviously, they did not, so maybe that point is moot, but it's not like they played the best team in the league or the best team in the world. They played a team that, even without Bamford, was beatable, regardless of the performances that Southampton have put in. They're still not converting draws to wins for the most part. I mean, this was their Southampton's first win of the season, so full congratulations to them. But I don't, I don't think for a second that Leeds couldn't got, couldn't have got these points. I just think they were poor. I think they they lacked creativity. They were a little, a little lazy, almost like trying to make runs behind the line, and it just they, nothing really came off for them. I agree. They also had a chance. I forget who it was towards the end of the game um, that they even could have uh, grabbed the point out of it too. So, I mean, credit to Southampton though. They had they've had some hard fall draws with City. I think Manu was the other one. They played a hell of a game against Chelsea. Um, besides the red card, probably come away with a point in that game, if not mm-hmm. all three. So I think the win was coming and just happened to be against a relatively struggling Leeds team. Yeah, and and um, big shout-out to Armando Broja. He's on loan from Chelsea right now. He scored the winning goal, and he became the first Albanian to score in the Premier League, actually. Really? Yeah. Fun so fact right here. Pretty the, cool. Uh, yeah. Son of the Screamers podcast. Good for him. <laughs> big congratulations. Then move on to uh, the Brentford-Chelsea game. Brentford nil, Chelsea one. Chilwell Stunner and a Mendy masterclass looked like Tim Howard in the World Cup against Belgium uh, was needed to get all three points for the Blues. Brentford yeah, yeah. extremely unlucky uh, not to get something from this game, yeah, at least a point, if not all three. Um, when they play at home, dude, it is no holds bar for the, the uh, visiting team. They literally could yeah. take down anyone. I think they bring Barcelona to Brentford. Brentford, yep. I, I will take money. I'll take the money line. Chilwell first, first choice left back now. How do you not? He's putting in performances. Grant Alonzo was too, but I trust Chilwell so much more defensively. I just trust Chilwell overall, I think. But um, Brentford show up when it's when it's against the big boys, dude. <laughs> they do, man. They, they, they love they, it. To be honest, dude, they probably should have had all three points. I, th- I, yeah, I, I read, like, dude. If it wasn't for Mendy, I think they, I think they pulled it off. Yeah, and I think that game. was maybe a bit of a statement from Mendy as well for the Ballon d'Or snub. I would. I wouldn't be happy if I was him. Yeah. Right. Um, time to criticize Chelsea, though. Uh, even though they're at, they're, listen, they're yes. at the top of the table. You can't be in a better position yes. than that. Yeah, Deb, I, I think time to criticize them. I, I do. Um, you people are going to be able to talk all day about oh Chelsea are top of the league. Oh Chelsea have, you know, only allowed three goals all year. But this is the same misfiring Chelsea we've seen for the last three years, where they could not score goals. I mean, it's, it's taking 
world. We, there's more goals by defenders than there are forwards at this point on that team. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't have it in front there's of me. But that, that I think that show goal was the eighth, or seventh, or eighth goal scored by a defender this year, and they only have 13 goals overall. So Lukaku is not scoring the goals. I don't personally think that's his fault to you. I think he's not getting the service from the midfield. He is There's a lot of times I'm seeing him make really strong runs and, and good movement, and he's not and getting just not looking in. his way. Yeah. At all. There's a disconnect between him and the midfielders right now and the fo- and the other guys going forward. Um, yes. When they figure that out, though, I think he's going to absolutely unload on the Premier League like he kind of did right when he first got there. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I, it's nothing on him in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's, I, the, it's the service to him. I think the, I think part of that reason too is I think Werner's being played out of position. I don't think he's a winger. He doesn't like to take players one on one. He's not successful at it. You need two strikers up there, and both of them staying centrally and playing off each other, the kind of the way I think Lukaku did it with uh, Lautaro Martinez when he was back at Inter. I think is a winning formula for them. Um, but I don't think there's any reason that any way Chelsea can change the shape or game style with results still going their way, regardless if they're not pretty, and then they're still grinding it out. So full credit to them. Gotcha. I gotcha. You know, I'm listen, I'm with you. Like it's a, you always hear that uh, a really good team finds a way to win mm-hmm. type of, uh, you know, quote or whatever you want to call it. So it could just be them. It could be going through a rough patch and they're still grinding out results. So yeah. Good Do you for think them. Burnley can Burnley? Do you think Brentford can maintain this level of form for the whole season? Oof, that's tough. I'm not saying, I'm not saying grind out wins all the time, but I'm saying the, the energetic level of play. I mean, it's, it's easy to see that, eight games into a season off of fresh legs from the summer, just being promoted, wanting to give everything to the team. But you're talking about a 38 game season. Do you think it's, it's sustainable? Yes. Just because we saw Leeds do it last year. Okay. And I think it's very possible that they can, and they look really, really good going forward. Yeah. It's just, it's really just like, all right, we're just going to get, we don't care who you are. We're just going to give you our best game and like, see what happens, which yeah. I love because you don't know what the hell is going to happen, but Nine times out of 10, 10, I feel like when an underdog plays that way, it really works to their advantage rather than sitting back and just waiting. I, I agree. Take it to the opponent. Best defense is a good offense, right? Not 100%. So uh, moving on, we got Everton, West Ham. Yeah, this was a little bit of a dull affair, dull affair in the first half, but it definitely came to life in the second one. Um, Everton were playing primarily on the counter uh, in the first half, but they looked they looked very good uh, in the second half. They, they had a couple of really strong opportunities, um, one from one from Towson. Uh, Salman Rondon was even uh, involved in some of that play. Ultimately, though, Ogbona for West Ham broke the deadlock. He took all three points on a, a set piece that, I, I mean, you have to kind of lay it at Jordan Pickford's door. So what? So the ball went up. Pickford should have came out and collected it, and he got into a tussle with Antonio, maybe, I think it was, potentially. I can't remember exactly who went up to head it. It was a 50-50 challenge, and it, but the keeper should be collecting that nine times out of ten, and he didn't, and it ends up going out for a West Ham kick, which is what they converted that lone goal for. I mean, it's kind of the story of Pickford's. He he's plays out of his skull. He's fantastic, and then he makes one error, and it's a it's a loss, and it's like, what the hell happened? But West Ham getting back to winning ways, uh, that put them back into the top six, so all credit to them. Actually, no, seven because of uh, today. But – um. I don't know if that's an early uh, a slip for Everton or a blip on the radar. Do you think you think it's more indicative of what we can be seeing from Everton moving down the line, or do you think it's just? Uh, a I mean, one-off? I thought it was I thought it was one of their worst games of the season. Yeah, or not not as not as good ones. Just uh, tactically, they looked a little slower on the ball. I didn't like them playing in the counter on that kind of game. 
Uh, yeah. I thought they would have much, been much better trying to press uh, West Especially Ham. Especially at home. Yeah, and just getting forward on them. Because you know what? You know West Ham trying to do the exact same, and then you can go back and forth with them. Unless you don't think they could have outslugged them, and they thought if they became more open, um, West Ham would have you know just dropped a few goals in there on them. So um, I understand where they came in at the game. I just maybe didn't come off for them. I'm not going to criticize Rafa's performance on that no, one. No, but, I, I, but I, I will say I, I've been saying this about this Everton team all year. It's they have to stay healthy because we saw what happened when they lost their two best players in Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. Once one of them were out, it was when everything started to fall off the wheels and the exact same thing is happening this year now. Yep. Calvert-Lewin's injured and Richarlison wasn't in, I think, because of international duty from Brazil. And it was also as soon as those, they're not there, it's a loss. After a high, high-flying start, and the same thing happened last year. And it's it's if they're not in that team, I'm worried to see how they're going to perform week in, week out. No, it's very, very fair, very fair. Um, then we head over to Newcastle and Tottenham, Newcastle two, Tottenham three, not the dream result, uh, dream result. The uh, new owners wanted as first take all three points. Um, we might've joked about it on the last episode. I yeah. know you brought, you brought it up. I said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but relegation is kind of a real concern for them. In my opinion, they had quite a few players that started that game for them, uh, especially like in the midfield and stuff where I don't think they get game time in many Premier League teams at all. Right, wrong. The defense in particular, yes. The defensive side of the ball, yes. I I, I do think that. Um, I mean, they've scored 10 goals, which is more than Arsenal have scored, more than Southampton has scored, more than Brighton, Tottenham, Wolves. But they've also let in the most goals in 19 already this season. They got no one protecting their back line. No like one. Defensive no one. Position right now is absolutely brutal for them. Yeah. Like when, when that first goal, they scored in the opening two minutes against Tottenham, and that, that goal goes in. You all I can think is, oh no, not this Tottenham performance right now. But it doesn't make a difference when you let three goals in by 37 minutes or 42 minutes, whatever it was, you know? Yeah, he's right on halftime when sung. But yeah, no, I, I yeah. mean, absolutely. It's just you couldn't have asked for a better start against it, and then just absolutely collapsed. And, and then, yeah, they got the second goal. It was an own goal against Eric Dyer. Um, they I think they're going to get relegated, Steve. If they, don't have a, if they don't have a good January window, Shore up the defense. Yes, I, I 100% believe yeah. that right now. Right now, currently, yes. Yeah, I mean, looking at that table, look who's down there. I mean, Leeds, don't see him finishing down there. Southampton, don't see him finishing down there. Palace, don't see them finishing down there. Norwich is obviously going down at this point. I hate to say it, but it's... But then again, they're only one point behind Newcastle, so... <laughs> Two straight draws, baby. Yeah. Then we got uh, the last game of the weekend, uh, Monday Nighter, Arsenal 2, Crystal Palace 2. Yeah, it was, that was a good game. It was, that was fun to watch. Um, unfortunately for Palace, another another case of them almost having the points locked up, but were slipping up in the last, you know, the business end of the game. Um, Arsenal went ahead early with a, a goal from Aubameyang, um, but Palace came back with a goal from Benteke, his first of the year, really wor- well-worked goal. I think, that, I think the Arsenal defender could have did a little bit better there to prevent him. But um, taking nothing away from the strike, and then um, was it Edward who scored? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Another goal from Edward. Another good one from him. Um, and but you need your best players to show up and make an impact in the game. And and there's a, and there's a, Alexander Lacazette did that for for Arsenal. I mean, right place, right time, one opportunity, and he he made it count. I mean, he he could have had a goal earlier on in the game if it wasn't for an incredible stop uh, in like the 77th minute or so. Um, disappointing 
from, I think, both Crystal Palace and Arsenal perspective. Just when you think Arsenal were going to start getting on a roll, come from behind to salvage draw, and then Palace just more of the same. So I don't think either team is going to be happy with that result. Yeah, I think they both could have, they both walk away thinking they could have got more from it, uh, especially yeah. Palace. I don't have any stats in front of me right now, but if I had to assume, I feel like they've dropped the most points from winning position so far, which sucks. I think this is the year they take yeah. a lot of licks, and, and they're a very young core of a team. Uh, Vieira in there as manager. We saw we see the potential of them every single week, but just not getting the result just yet. I don't think they're in relegation trouble by any means. No, I don't think so either. But next year i'd love to see what they do and just going forward i think they turn some of these late draws that they lose points into wins and they can be kind of a force next season palace would be insane not to throw the piggy bank at chelsea to sign Connor gallagher at this point agreed absolutely moving on we got our bold predictions uh, for the upcoming match week for the Premier league friday night arsenal and ashton villa <sighs> tough one but i'm gonna take villa on this one they they lost the game they should have won and i think they're gonna win the game they they probably could lose against arsenal especially home at the emirates for arsenal but uh i i like Arsenal. i like aston villa for this game but again i can also see this just going right to a draw right to a 1-1 yeah i'm gonna go draw on this one uh mike you oh wait never mind you got zero points this week coming up yes he does pencil him in for that now absolutely sucks to suck then uh, we got Chelsea Norwich on Saturday. Start off the morning on the East Coast at seven thirty. Got to be a Chelsea win, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't see how you can put this one any other way. It, it just uh, we don't. There's not not much explanation. T- table toppers versus last in the league. I mean, that's how they get you, though. Trap. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. This is when Josh Char- Josh Sargent shows up. Watch you better as a hat trick against us. That'd be oh great. My God. Uh, then we go to Crystal Palace at home to Newcastle. Um, I'm gonna take a Palace win. I know we just we just said everything possible about how they always lose points and drop them. Uh, they're due. Yeah, three straight I, draws. I'm, I'm with you on this one. I, I think Palace has been playing well week in week out and just haven't put that final piece together. But against a struggling Newcastle side, this could be the week. Agreed. Agreed. Then we have uh, Everton and Watford. Everton at home. Uh, both teams coming off losses right now. Yeah, this is this is an interesting game. I think this could be one potentially could be one that Everton could slip up, but ultimately I don't think they're going to. Um, at home for Everton as well, I think Rafa is going to be able to, to pull this pull this one off. Watford aren't going to be the free flowing team I think that they they want to be that we've seen at times this year either. And Everton would be looking for revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know uh, Rafa's like exact record against teams in the lower half of the table. I'm assuming that when he typically sets up his uh, defense, it's usually it's rather good and stingy to get by. Everton yeah. at home, I don't see Wofford producing much in this game, so I'm going to take an Everton win. Okay. Um, Leeds versus Wolves. Leeds, Leeds at home. I think this. I think this can end up being a scoreless draw. I don't know. Really? I, I just okay. have that gut feeling. I I think it will end the draw, maybe zero zero one one something around there. But I don't think it's going to be that high scoring affair that we would have. If this was last year, I would have said this game would be four oh. three. You know. Um, or maybe even two years ago, but I'll, I'll take a draw on this one. It's tough. It's tough. I'm going to go Wolves win. I just leads the way. I, I don't see leads not coming out of this game. Absolutely firing, especially after the week they just had. I just like Wolves better right now. Okay. That's really my only explanation for that one. 
Um, Southampton versus Burnley, Southampton at home. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say let, let down back to back wins for Southampton here. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Back to back wins for Southampton. Even against Burnley. Even against Burnley. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go draw with this one. Um, Southampton seem to sometimes a little bit difficult to create chances. And they usually, they've been clinical in the sense of taking the ones they get. But Burnley defensively, especially after this Man City game, I thought they're going to be facing a lesser opponent and be. I would imagine going forward a little bit more and kind of releasing some of the pressure they've been they've been uh, taking on. So yeah, I'm gonna go probably like a one one draw on that one. Okay. I wouldn't be shocked about no no though either. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Then uh, the main game on Saturday, Brighton at home against Manchester City. We got three versus four in this one. Um, I think so. Yeah, it, it should be. Yeah, three four, two points away, two point difference. Um, but I think City's gonna open that gap a little farther. <laughs> um, it, it's. I hate to say it because I, I like Brighton. I love the way they're playing right now. I love the intensity and the drive in this team. But Man City are the best team in the world at the moment. They, they are. And to get past them, it'd have to be a perfect, perfect performance. And I don't think it's going to happen in the, on Saturday. Okay. Okay. Um, tough one. I really, really, really want to call it. You, you want to draw? Oh, I want a Brighton win. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want that too, but I don't know. They've created at least one like expected goal in the last each of their games, and both of them came out to nil-nil draws. So it's not like they're they're sitting. It's not like they're pulling like kind of like a, almost like a Watford and just going mm-hmm. like just having absolutely nothing going forward in some games. They do have stuff. It's oh, a tough one. Man City's got too much quality. Got to take it. Got to take them, right? I said, I said, I said I'd take the serious results this week. Yeah. Um, then we head over to Sunday, which has some incredible fixtures. I'm not going to lie. We got Brentford at home against Leicester. Both teams kind of kind of good. Leicester in better form. And then Brentford, although coming off a loss, is just fun as hell to watch, especially at home. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking about these predictions before we got on. And of all the, the 10 matches that you know, we were discussing right now, I think this was the hardest one for me to pick. Leicester have a history of dropping points after emphatic wins, especially in the form yep. that they're in this season right now. And Brentford are playing out of their skulls. I think this one could end up as a draw or a Brentford win. I don't think Leicester's going to get, take all the points at home for Brentford coming off a good result. They're disappointed. I would like to see, a, I think it's going to be a Brentford win. I am with you on that one. We need a little bit more diversity on the show, my friend. I, I can't help it, dude. We're, we're nailing it right now. <laughs> we're 10 for 10. We're 8 for 8 right now. We're going to go 10 for 10 is what I heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we have we're 9 for 9, baby. Uh, well, we got two more games left. Good math there, bud. One more game. Uh, I would disagree because we got West Ham versus Tottenham. Then Man- I already filled Liverpool. that one in. Crap. <laughs> Moron. Whoops. Uh, we got West Ham at the London Stadium versus Tottenham. Taking a draw here. Okay, really. Harry Kane's back on the score a little bit, so which is good for Spurs. Definitely good for Spurs. But um, West Ham, I thought looked pretty pretty good last week in that last game they just played, and at at their home stadium, Tottenham have too many vulnerabilities for me to think they're going to dominate this match. Two two draw. Damn it! I said draw. I said draw two. Shit. <laughs> Last game of the weekend, uh, Manchester United versus Liverpool. Old rivals. 
I am going to take Manchester United. Well, that's good. You're wrong. I'm going Liverpool. <laughs> I, I know. I know. But when you're talking about a rivalry as old as time in Old Trafford, Ronaldo with an angry Manchester United team, I, this, this is not a predictable game. It's not a predictable game. Yeah, if I have probably Liverpool, but I'm going to go with a slight upset here, Stevie. All right. Yeah, I'm taking Liverpool. Uh, all right. Three points on that one. I would love to see the midweek midweek games in these, and then love to and then adjust my thing accordingly, my my prediction accordingly. Yeah, I think um, if there was injuries or something too. All that, yeah, all that obviously. But no, I just want to see how Man U performed midweek against someone like Atalanta, and then looking at a Liverpool team, which is kind of similar in a sense. Yeah. But um, I think I think Liverpool takes all three points here. Okay. I'm gonna mark Mike down as draws for all ten of these matches. We should actually, yeah. And this gonna be the one week it happens with the gate of them. We sure yeah, yeah. over here. He gets like the gnarliest 10 game parlay. Yeah, right. All draws. <laughs> <laughs> Every underdog wins. <laughs> Even better. Yep. We, we head over to uh, our final thoughts section. We got going on uh, prediction counter. Mike's actually not here, but in first place with 39, Vito with 38 in second, and yours truly down to last place for the first time all year with 37. Yep. Quite the, week. Sad, Quite the week. Sad sight to see. Yeah, if I didn't have a horrendous week six, I'd be topping the boards right now, but it's okay. Yeah, well, you didn't, and you're terrible at gambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else you got for us today, man? Anything? Yeah, I got I have something for you, actually. Um, one of the lower leagues, not in the Premier League, I don't remember exactly where it was, but a goalkeeper saw a red card for hurting his own player on purpose after he conceded a goal. Walked right up to him, shoved him in the face, pretty much like knocked him out, received a straight red card. Are you serious? Fought his own player and got a red card. Yes. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch the video, he like he gets up and he runs from his his line of the net into like the top of the 18 and just goes after him. That's bananas. Yeah, it was uh quite the spectacle. Oh, I just googled it. Yeah, he, I guess it was because of um Aaron McCarry, uh, yeah, the for, Irish for Premier League. Oh, my God. Receives yeah. a back for striking teammate Bobby Barrett staring a 2-2 draw. <laughs> As a referee, I'd be like, can I even give him a red card for hurting his own chances at winning a game? Like, right it's now, like, like, his own teammate? It's like, it's his boy. Do I, what do I do? Yeah, Fender got put on skates, apparently, and then uh, it was a pretty, pretty, you know, easy goal from there on out. But that's nuts. Fit of rage. Fit of rage. Anything else besides uh, something more uh, more abuse? <laughs> no, no, nothing else for me. Um, I just I, I say it every time, but I'm glad we're back to club football, and I'm even more happy we're back to Champions League. It's like it could never; it just keeps getting better. Yeah, I mean these congested schedules are good for the fans, at least, not the players. Yeah. Oh, I mean, make sure uh, make sure you if anyone listening peeps the uh, the Twitter account. I'll be actually in Los Angeles at the Fan Fest. For all of the games, including including 4:30 a.m. start time for Chelsea, so I will be there. Definitely be on the, the Twitter the account game to the ending game. So check out that social media. Definitely be following. Vito will be up from the night before, probably still hammered. And it's gonna I was going to drive there in the morning, actually, Steve, from San Diego. But I'm, uh, we're going to do the I hotel. Pay, stuff, I, will, I think I will pay for your Uber, so you're hammered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I will be. I won't be driving at that point. Trust me. <laughs> I have my priorities in line. I'll have you know. Smart man, smart man. <laughs> You're first, driving second. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that'll do it for us on this episode of the Sunday League Screamers podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell, subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcast. Uh, also follow us on Twitter at the SL Screamers underscore pod for daily tweets about and updates about the show, world football, the Premier League, and the United States men's national team. I'm your host, Steve McCutcheon with Vito, signing off.